Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. You talked earlier about, uh, have you ever been in a situation where you just feel like you couldn't go to sleep at night because you were anxious about something? Or you've been worried about something? There's, you know, I've never really had to endure that, but... I've been around some folks that have, and I, it's it's never been something that that plagued me so much. Uh, you know, I I worry about stuff from time to time. I I wonder how, uh, uh, you know, uh, things will get certain things will get done. But uh, I've always had a I don't know. Uh, <coughs> Some people call talk about blind faith and and criticize Christians because we got you've got a blind faith. Uh, you just believe stuff, and you know uh, there's some people that'll say, you know, well, uh, uh, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it, you know, and that's blind faith. Uh, it's in the Bible, so I believe it. And the world just can't accept that. They have to have other proof. They have to have other facts. They have to have other verifications. And and to me, I think those are the people that are the most anxious because they can't just simply accept things the way they are. They have to. They have to. Uh, uh, they're anxious people because they they have to. Uh, to me, it, it, it sometimes comes down to uh, to uh, being self-centered. Well, I can't see how it's going to get done, so it just ain't going to get done. Those are the anxious people. If I can't see how it'll get done, then it then I'm going to worry about it. Is what they say in their mind. Sometimes, though, I think I I didn't. It's not that I had bland faith. I had dumb faith. I just was so dumb. I just accepted it and didn't worry about it anymore. I just just didn't worry about it uh, because I just uh, uh, you know uh, it's not really dumb faith. It's it's just simple faith. Sometimes it can be simple faith, and and that can be good in some instances and bad in certain instances. But uh, there's sometimes though that we need to have that simple faith to overcome the anxiousness in our life. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could get anxious about. It and uh, in preparing for this, I came across a story of a, of a uh, uh, of an officer in in uh, Desert Storm. Uh, I believe his name was uh, Colonel William. I had it in a minute ago. I can't think of his name. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. But uh, he had—he was a logistics officer during Desert Storm, and he was over there in in Iraq. And he was—you uh, know—they they had mobilized thousands and thousands of soldiers from around the world they had supplies they had to ensure that uh, here you're you've sent an army through the desert 
So you've got to have food, and you've got to have water, you've got to have uh, you know, fuel for those uh, pieces of equipment, or else you're just going to sit out there in the middle of, of the desert and do nothing. And, you know, what kind of a threat is, a, is a, a tank that can't move? Well, it's a threat for that one location that it's sitting in, but if you're not in that location, then you don't have to worry about it. Uh, so, you know, he was a logistics officer and he had, officer and he had to worry about all of that. And uh, one day, uh, the, the folks in the Pentagon uh, who are always checking up on things uh, called him uh, or... You know, got contacted him and said, "Look, there's a case, uh, twenty cases of grape jelly that's missing." And so the colonel called up his aide and said, "I want you to go and find that twenty cases of grape jelly for me." The aide went off, and and the folks in the Pentagon kept uh, pestering him and pestering him and pestering him, and uh, his aide came back and said, "I can't, we can't find the twenty cases of grape jelly." Uh, and the the Pentagon kept pastoring and pastoring. And finally, he said uh, to the folks in the Pentagon, "Listen, um, either I can keep looking for this twenty cases of grape jelly, or we can go out and win the war." And you see, this colonel had a, a focus of just one thing. He had a focus. Of, his focus wasn't on twenty cases of grape jelly. That's not going to win the world war, and it's not going to lose the war if you can't find 20 cases of grape jelly. Now, if that's all you got to eat, you're going to want that 20 cases of grape jelly, but, but uh, that wasn't all they had. And a lot of times, uh, there's a, a Johnny Avant, uh, who is a, a big individual in the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, was saying that he kept a, a jar of grape jelly on his desk for that reason. You got you can't be stymied by insignificant things. You've got to keep your focus on the one thing that matters the most. The one thing that is so important. And that's, you know, that's critical in the church today. I think we can get so stymied by uh, all the little things, uh, you know, oh, when are we going to get this leak fixed? Or when are we going to repair the roof? When are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? That bell that's for ringing for Sunday school is still not fixed. We could get stymied by little insignificant things like that. Or we could get about the business of reaching the lost souls of serving Jesus Christ, of walking in the newness of Christ. And so uh, uh, Jesus, during the Sermon of the Mount, uh, Sermon on the Mount, uh, speaks about this. He's been talking about laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on treasures in earth. And He's talking about making sure we know uh, where our focus is. And, you know, that's where anxiety comes in when we're not focused. And he says in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, 
Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? And he's saying, look, uh, don't even worry about those things. Don't be anxious about... And look, in Jesus' day, you had to worry about what you were going to eat because there wasn't a Hardee's down the road to go eat or a Huddle House down the road to go eat in if you didn't have groceries in the house. You had to worry about what you're going to eat and what are you going to wear because it was a day-to-day thing. But he says, look, don't worry about those things. He said, behold, in verse 26, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto a stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. And they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God shall clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye uh, what ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So what I what what Jesus is is doing is he's using the things that uh, he's the master teacher and and I, I think as Jesus is standing there out in the open as he's speaking to these people he, uh, I think Jesus you know called upon the birds to start chirping around them and uh, doing their little hop from here and there and he says and he as he's talking about not worrying about the things that you have he's, he points over to the as a beautiful object lesson take note of these birds jesus says look the birds of the field they don't sit there and get on their John Deere tractor and plow up the fields and they don't sit there and spread the seed and make sure that everything's working fine on the farm so that and then goes out and worries about the rain. No, he says they go about collecting the things that God provides for them. And how often is it that we worry about things that are so out of our control? We worry about whether or not people are going to give tithes to the church so we can pay the bills. We worry about whether or not we're going to have enough money uh, to pay our bills at home. We worry about whether or not people are going to come to church and and whether or not we're going to uh, do this or do that. And Jesus says, look, don't worry about those things for God's going to take care of those things. Don't worry about those issues that that seem to flood into the lives of the Gentiles. And he's talking about the heathen people out there 
Because uh, remember, Jesus is specifically teaching this to the Jewish uh, uh, people because that's where the gospel was being spread at the time of Jesus' ministry as he was walking. He focused wasn't on the Gentiles yet. And so he's saying, look, don't worry about what the rest of the world's doing. That, that's the best way to put it in today's vernacular. Don't worry about what the rest of the world's doing today. Don't, and if we were to take it in terms of today, we'd say, look, don't worry about your 401k. Don't worry about the Dow and the NASDAQ. God's going to take care of you. Don't worry about those things. They'll be here today and they'll be gone tomorrow. Look, all you know, I think about uh, the old timey movies. I love watching the old, uh, the older movies. I, I, I guess it was called my, my daddy was uh, uh, caught up in watching all those things. So I had, I grew to love those old things. And my dad used to take me to a, a, a pizza place called Shakey's Pizza. I don't know if y'all had them down here in Georgia, but uh, we there was a place in Charlotte that was called Shakey's Pizza. And they while you waited on your pizza to be cooked, you sat there and you watch all these old silent movies. And you, so you'd have the Keystone Cops and, and uh, uh, you'd have uh, Laurel and Hardy and, and all these old... Uh, wonderful movies that didn't require sound, you know, because they didn't want to disrupt the the customers there. So they'd play a lot of the silent movies, and and there'd always be the banker. They'd be sitting beside the the ticker, and they, he'd be watching the 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 ticker, and it, and and he just and the, and those were the ones that had the little tape that'd come out, and 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 he'd be and they'd sh- show them him there watching it and watching it, and they'd, the tapes just piled up there on the floor. And I and Jesus is saying, look, those that tape's going to go and go and go all day long, and at the end of the day, they're going to tear off that tape and go throw that tape in the in the in the trash or the incinerator, and the next day it's going to start up again. He's saying, don't worry about the things about tomorrow because they'll take care of themselves. And we worry and worry, worry over things that we we just don't have control over that we ought to put into the hands of God. And and so he says, look, uh, you know, there's people who worry about. And I remember when you remember uh, those ladies magazines, I go with my mom to the beauty salon because I had to be along for the ride. Mama didn't want to spend you know, money on a sitter for her to go get her hair done. So we were along for the ride. And Mama always did five or six different things uh, while she was out, you know, getting her hair done. She'd go to the store and do this and go to that store and do that. And so I'd sit there in the salon and I'm sitting there waiting on Mama to get her hair done. And of course, as for a little kid that's got all kinds of energy, you know, we're talking about little boys having energy and everything. And always wanting to do something, and uh, all I had to do in while I was sitting there waiting on Mama was look at all those magazines that were piled up in a salons back then had all these women's magazines and the bride magazines would be as big as an encyclopedia back then you remember and and all those other magazines that were advice on this and that and the other and and then they had those magazines for all the hair styles you know and and you'd have i couldn't figure out why in the world they had those magazines it's just a bunch of women's heads in them you know with all these uh with their hair turned this way and that way and i 
as a little boy, I couldn't understand why they had all those all those magazines with that. But that's all I had to look at, and and those you know those magazines were you know they they didn't amount to much of anything, did they? I mean, and and some of them were nothing but advertisements. And I was like, why would you spend money on a magazine that was all advertisements? And uh, you know, we make a big deal about it, so many different things. When it's not going to make a hill of beans in in the day ahead, and Jesus said, "Look, so, uh, look at all the fields. They have all this beautiful glory of uh, that they're out there. Look at the lilies of the field. Look at all those beautiful flowers." And I can imagine Jesus just pointing to this beautiful field of wild flowers. There, He said, "Look at that field of flowers." Those flowers, they didn't get up this morning worrying about if they're going to look pretty or not. And you th- and he says, Solomon and all of his raiment and all of his glory didn't look as beautiful as those. And I think of all these women that spend countless hours worried about these clothes and that clothes. I'm going to have these clothes and, and worried about if somebody's going to see them wearing the same clothes more than one time and all that kind of thing. And, and Jesus says, look, don't worry about those things. And then He said, of course, I never, as a young boy, I never had to worry about whether or not I was going to be tall. As a young, I mean, I was young. I was already, you know, a lot taller than my parents and I was just a little kid and I was a big tall fella uh, kind of like my girls are they they a lot taller than the rest of their classmates and Isabella's you know uh, you know a foot head taller than the rest of most of her other uh, classmates and and that's just part of of genetics in my family of course then we stop and we don't get any bigger. Uh, but I was I was this tall in like the ninth grade, and I I had size thirteen feet in in the ninth grade, and and uh, I was so glad that my foot stopped growing. That was one thing I was glad stopped growing. But uh, and I was always mistaken for a lot older uh, as a young person. Uh, than I was because I was so tall. And, and Jesus says, who who of us can... Uh, I never worried about whether or not I was going to get taller. I always wanted to be taller because I always wanted to be perceived as older, but that's when you're younger. Now I'm glad that people think I'm um, younger than, than what I really am. But uh, Jesus says, look, who can, who can add another foot to their height just by wishing for it? And, you know, uh, there are so many things out there that aren't necessarily for height, but, uh, you know, anymore. But there's a lot of things about people worried about uh, your hair. Jesus doesn't say this, but, you know, who can sit there and say, boy, I wish I had more hair. We can get all these ointments and put on your head. You can take pills and you can do all that kind of thing. But guess you can spray stuff on your uh, head. But none of it's going to make the difference and make your hair grow. And you can even make, you know, some people go and have surgeries and and plant a crop of hair on the head. But it doesn't fool anybody. Everybody knows that it's not real or that it's been... Uh, been, you know, put in there and, and surgically. I can't imagine going through surgery just to have hair, you know, but there are people that do. Uh, but none of us can really sit there and look in the mirror and say, grow, grow, 
<laughs> no, we can't. We can't. And yet we worry about such insignificant things as hair. And uh, he says, But if God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, shall He not much more clothe you? I think here's the reassuring thing. He says, Don't worry about what you're going to eat, because if He, if he feeds the birds of the field, He cares so much more for you. That's such a comforting thought. <laughs> Don't say, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we be clothed? If, for your father, Heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He says, but here's the one thing that we do need to be concerned about. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Our first concern should be to be concerned about God's kingdom. And what is God's kingdom? Jesus proclaimed, uh, John the Baptist says, uh, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came preaching uh, that uh, the kingdom of heaven was present in Him. And so what is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is the work of Jesus Christ, the spreading of the gospel. He says the, the first thing that we need to be worried about is sharing the gospel message, the kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so we need to be primarily concerned with sharing the, the message of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is at hand. Seek out God's desire for you in your life. God's desire for Mount Olive to reach the lost. That's our first and primary concern. He says, not only that, but His righteousness. What does that mean? I think many of the times that we fail to bring about God's desire for His kingdom in the life of this church is that we are not living in His righteousness. We're not living according to the righteousness of God in our lives. We're not doing the things He calls for us to do, avoiding the things He says not to have in our life, living as Jesus Christ would have us to live, doing the things that Jesus Christ would have us to do. We're not seeking out His righteousness. And so for that reason, we're failing at bringing about the kingdom of God in our sphere, in our realm of reaching the lost. He says, but if we would do those things, if we would be primarily concerned not with which side the piano's on, or if we have an organ uh, to be played in our church, or if we have uh, uh, the right kind of carpet, or the right padded pews, or, or the right paint on the wall, or don't need to worry about whether or not the, the buzzer on, uh, to ring the bell for Sunday school is repaired or not. Those things 
are insignificant. The one thing that matters the most is, is are we reaching the lost? Are we spreading the kingdom of God in our world? Are we sharing the, are we helping to expand the kingdom of God by reaching the lost? You know, the, the Baptists several years ago had uh, a drive to increase the number of, of, uh, of people in the Southern Baptist Convention. The, the idea was each one reach one. Well, that's really what we ought to be doing in the life of our church every day, all the time. Each one of us reach one person. Just worry about reaching one person. This year... Your goal and my goal should be each one of us at least reach one person. Well, if we do that, if we get... Look, and you know what happens is, is that, well, if we reach somebody this month and we got the whole rest of the year that we don't have to worry about reaching anybody, but you know what? The pressure's off. So then we say, you know, hey, that was pretty easy. Let's go. Maybe maybe there is something to this thing. So you go out and you say, who else can... Who else can I get? You know, who else can I... We used to have this thing uh, in youth where we'd do... It, we, it was called Bring Them Back Alive. Did y'all ever do that in youth? What it was is we had, we'd have a youth event and we'd all get together in our cars and we'd go out and we'd all go and to people that we knew that weren't there and you brought them back however they were. If they were in sweatpants and curlers in their hair, you brought them and big old fuzzy slippers on their feet. You said, come on, we're going to church and, and we're going to have some fun at, at youth. And, and you bring them back no matter what they were doing or what, what you bring them back alive. We need to have that attitude in church. Let's bring them back alive and make them alive by sharing the gospel message with Jesus Christ and reaching people. And we get so fixated on the people that used to come. And look, if they ain't coming, they might not ever come back. Let's just go get some others. Let's go get some people that do want to come instead of focusing on the people that don't want to come. Let's go reach the people that need to come and need to hear the gospel. We're so focused on the people that don't come anymore. We're not sharing the gospel with those who want to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're not reaching those people because we're so fixated on the ones that used to come. And guess what? We're spinning our wheels. We're stuck in the mud because we're not, and we're focused on them and not on uh, doing what Jesus Christ said. He says, Look, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things. All these other things will take care of themselves. They'll be added to you because God will take care of them. He says, there, Take therefore, uh, therefore no thought of tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The big message there, the big takeaway is we need to depend on God. We need to trust in Him. The way you get rid of anxiety is say, look, I'm not going to worry about that anymore. I'm going to place it in God's hands. I'm going to let Him take care of it. I'm going to let God... God wants us to do ministry in this church. I'm going to let God deal with the budget. God will take care of the offering. He'll take care of uh, the funding for pro- uh, programs that we want to do in the church. He'll take it. And look, if God doesn't want us to do it, then guess what? The money won't be there. 
I'm going to go out and reach people for Jesus Christ. I'm going to go out and tell people about uh, Jesus and invite them to come and be here and invite them to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of of adding to our number because there'll be people that want to get involved in church that's going out and reaching the lost people for Jesus Christ. And guess what? God can use us to win lost souls and then send them to other churches to to disciple them. The important thing is, is that we disciple ourselves and do what we know we ought to be doing. And until we do that, others aren't going to come and join in with us. We've got to worry about the main thing. The main, the one thing, keep our minds on the main thing and make the main thing the main thing and make sure that we're out seeking to serve God. Don't worry about all these other things. But allow Jesus Christ to be the center and reaching lost in Jesus' name. Let's pray.